first fielder. He's gone to the dog. Welcome to the Gone to the Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fielder, and man, it's good to be talking to you in a new year. 2022, the year of the twos, it looks like. Wow, man, it's hard to believe that another one's rolled around. Uh, I'm recording this on December 29th and uh, uh, actually just a few days before the new year. But when you hear it on January 3rd, uh, we'll be well on our way into a new year. Uh, I'll be looking uh, toward the weekend to uh, make my annual drive up to Orangeburg, South Carolina to attend the Grand American Coon Hunt up there, something that I first attended back in the 60s. I think it was the first year or possibly the second that I went to Orangeburg on my way to college in Lakeland, Florida from West Virginia. Saw all the pickup trucks, the dog boxes, all the people, all the motels and restaurants jam-packed. And uh, the Grand American has truly been a grand tradition for coon hunters uh, for all those years now. And I'm really looking forward to being there again. Uh, I'll be in the American Cooner Full Cry booth there in the big white vendor barn. As you come in, the side entrance will be the first booth on the right, my usual spot there. I'll have uh, autographed copies of Gone to the Dogs, A Coon Hunter's Journey, if that interests you. Uh, we'll have subscriptions for American Cooner and Full Cry Magazine available, as well as sample copies. And uh, just look forward to three great days of visiting with, with the folks that always come by. Uh, the Grand American. If you haven't been there, you need to go and uh, take in all the sites and all the vendors and <clears throat> and all that that entails. Uh, here I am entering a new year. I've still got a little tickle in my throat from a little upper respiratory thing that uh, I dealt with before I went to the White River, and it still seems to be hanging on. So if I'm doing a little uh, coughing and wheezing here this morning. You'll know what that's all about. I um, I do want to take this opportunity to thank the good folks at DU Supply, Buddy Woodbury, Jason Doobie, Shannon, my producer, uh, everyone in that organization that makes this podcast possible. And as I've said many times, if you're looking for anything in the way of hunting supplies and especially the electronics that are available out there to us today, you need to contact the folks at dusupply.com, and uh, they will certainly take care of you. And I, uh, from all testimonies and personal experience, I can say that their customer service is second to none. For some time now, people have been asking me to tell the story of my family and the line of plot dogs that we started back in the 1950s and that my dad and I hunted these dogs and did some breeding of these dogs. And uh, in fact, um, you know, I have to say that I am quite proud of the fact that as a family, we were able to start our own strain within the plot breed and to, um, uh, you know, carry that on as long as my dad was alive, uh, regrettably, my father passed away in October of 2008. 
and with him and with my work schedule at that time, I was with the AKC, it it became uh, necessary for us to kind of uh, um, close that chapter of our lives. But there is an interesting story here, especially if you're involved in the plot breed. And uh, I'm going to spend the time with you uh, here this week uh, talking to you about uh, this um, venture that my dad and I set out on. We really didn't have any plans. Uh, I was just a kid at the time to, you know, develop our own strain of dogs. But uh, I think it's a pretty interesting story. And um, I'm going to be sharing it with you solo. So if you get tired of this voice, uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, We will continue with uh, some terrific guests in the new year. That's something that I want to bring to you each week and let you uh, meet some of the people that I meet out there on the highways and byways that I believe have a story to tell and will be interesting and entertaining to you. So what I'd like to do today is kind of introduce uh, how we got started in the plot breed. Many people know that down through my years at the registry, um, I was known as a plot man. uh, That was the breed that my dad uh, provided for me to hunt when I was a kid, and I uh, liked them, and I continued on with them down through the years and only recently, um, actually for the second time, uh, have been hunting a, a walker dog. Uh, and uh, I enjoy, of course, all breeds of coon hounds and uh, always have. And uh, so, But anyway, the plot breed has been the one that's been nearest and dearest to my heart. Uh, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to try to make it as brief as possible. But At the same time, the reason that I'd like to tell this story to you is to give you hope if you are a new hunter uh, or new to coon hounds or or big game dogs and uh, you have aspirations to do something down the road, make make your efforts in in hunting and breeding and so forth count for something, Uh, um, create something that folks will remember down the road. I hope that I'll be able to say a few things to you today that would encourage you along that way and maybe give you a few tips as to how, you know, you might be able to achieve um, what my dad and I achieved uh, over the years. And uh, certainly there are other breeders that have done much, much more, uh, made a much bigger splash in this tree dog uh, pond than we did. but. Let's just get into the story of the bear pen plots. I'm going to start by reading a letter to you. Dear friend, I found a man on Potts Creek that will take us straight to a bear on Monday. Don't fail me, as I think this will be a sure race. I'll be looking for other territory the last of the week. Very truly yours, Isaiah Kidd. Now, plot fanciers will remember Isaiah Kidd as being um, one of the oldest and most influential of the plot breeders down through the years. Um, The letter that I just read to you was written on Wednesday, December 15th, 1965. That's 56 years and about uh, 13 or 
uh, 12 or 13 days before the recording of this podcast. Uh, the letter was written to my dad, Holman Fielder, uh, in, um, in uh, cursive by Mr. Kidd, who was then in his 80s and still actively breeding and hunting his plot dogs. He lived in a town, uh, a small community in Monroe County, West Virginia, called Sinks Grove. And plot fanciers back in the 60s will remember the small classified ads that Mr. Kidd would post in the Coonhound magazine that said, uh, come see the oldest plot breeder in his glory. The latch string always hangs on the outside. In other words, he was welcoming hunters to come by and visit with him, and which my dad and I did many, many times. We took uh, a lot of coon hunts with Mr. Kidd on his farm. And I, I remember the very first time I went bear hunting with hounds, I was placed on a stand under a big oak tree on Potts Creek there in, uh, off of Peters Mountain in Monroe County, West Virginia, with Mr. Isaiah Kidd. And so he was somebody that I looked up to very much as a kid uh, growing up and uh, really enjoyed the the hunts that I took and was always so fascinated by the dogs that he bred. His stories uh, would just captivate me as I sat on the porch, uh, as he and my dad would be sitting in the rockers or the swing and be talking about plot dogs and Mr. Kidd with a twinkle in his eye would point uh, eastward to the great Peters Mountain that you could see the ridge that stretched from north to south. He would talk about the hunts that he took with some of his favorite dogs like Old Bell and Crying Sam. And Man, my eyes would be big as saucers as he'd talk about the time that they uh, ran a bear for three days fighting the bear back there on Peter's Mountain, and he'd point to that gap in the mountain that you could see in the distance. It was a magical place for me, for sure, to go to Isaiah Kidd's farm. Well, uh, Isaiah figured very heavily in the beginning of the Bear Plan plots. Uh, he, uh, uh, The first dog that my dad got, the first UKC registered uh, plot, was a two-year-old female. Uh, he named her Fielders June. I still have uh, her three-generation pedigree. In fact, it appears, part of it appears in the graphic on the cover of my book, Gone to the Dogs, A Coon Hunter's Journey. Um, June uh, had some kid breeding uh, in her background and a fellow named Opal Bennett that lived in a small community outside our town uh, named Crow, West Virginia, uh, had two plot dogs, June and her mother, Daisy, who was two years older than her. That would make uh, Daisy four and June two. Uh, my dad went coon hunting with Opal Bennett to the uh, Williams River area in the National Forest there in West Virginia. And my dad was hunting a grade black and tan named Sam at the time. And Sam uh, struck a track along Williams River there, but soon came back to dad with his bristles all up. And uh, these two plot dogs swam the river and took the track on 
And when the hunters went down and, and looked in the sandbar, uh, there on the river, they saw the track of a bear. And uh, those two females ran the bear back on the mountain. Uh, my dad recalls hearing the, recalled hearing them catch the bear, the fight that ensued. And then uh, a howling snowstorm came up and uh, um, covered the sounds of the dogs. And they were lost. And there were no tracking collars at that time, no GPS um, no way to really track the dogs except on foot. And because of the weather, they had to leave the dog. And uh, June was recovered. Her mother, Daisy, uh, never did appear again. And it was assumed that the bear killed her. But at any rate, uh, my dad was so impressed by that first experience of running a bear with hounds that he purchased June uh, for the price of a twenty-two rifle that he had, he traded the rifle to uh, Mr. Bennett, and June came to live with us. And I'll never forget the day that he brought her home. Uh, I'd never seen a dog quite like her. She was just coal black. She had no brindle whatsoever. She had a gray muzzle that was typical of plot dogs in that day, and and uh, it still is. Uh, but anyway. June uh, was used on coon. She was a good coon dog. She had a good cold nose. Uh, however, she wasn't perhaps the fastest track dog. Um, my dad hunted with a fellow that had a birdsong bred uh, coon hound named Track that could really drift a track. But he and old June made a good team, and they treated a lot of mountain ringtails back in that day. Well, Dad decided that he wanted to raise a litter of puppies, and he took June up to Athens, Ohio, where a fellow named Harry Pettit had a good uh, plot stud dog named Pettit's Timber Tim. Uh, Tim uh, was uh, uh, really a good-looking plot, about a 50-pound solid brindle, uh, top coon dog. And from that litter of uh, June bred to Tim, uh, there were two male pups that my dad kept, Smokey and Joe, and I more or less claimed Joe, and uh, Smokey was really the better dog of the two. Unfortunately, he got killed on the highway when he got out of the pen one night, and Dad found him the next morning on the highway dead. But uh, uh, So that was kind of the end of, of that litter. Uh, Joe, I don't remember what happened with Joe, I think he was sold, uh, but at uh, any rate, then uh, June was bred to Mr. Kid's stud dog at that time, a dog called Kid's Rock. Now, there's a lot of stories about Kid's Rock that I could share with you, but for the sake of time, I won't. I remember one time a tree and a coon in an apple tree, June and Rock tree together and I was sent to climb up the apple tree and shake out the coon and that was my first experience at doing that and I was afraid but I did finally get the coon uh, shook out to the dogs but um, that's just one of those memories I've got a million of them anyway uh, I, when uh, June was bred to Kids Rock there were a couple dogs that my dad kept one was a buckskin he called him Buck and uh, and the other was a gray brindle female named Hardwood Gypsy. Now, at that time, my dad's kennel name was Hardwood. That's what prefix he put before his dog's names. And uh, 
Anyway, Gypsy uh, became a good little dog. Buck, unfortunately, died at a young age and uh, was uh, showing all signs of making a good dog uh, when he died unexpectedly. But uh, Gypsy then was bred to a kid-bred male named Kid's Boss that was owned by a local hunter there uh, named Roy Prince there in our area. And Boss was a typical kid-bred-looking dog. He looked a lot like Kid's Jeff. These dogs were what was called gray brindle. Um, the, they were a light brindle, not really a yellow. Uh, they had a lot of graying in in their color. Uh, and uh, that's what Isaiah Kidd was known for, was breeding the gray brindle plots. Um, so anyway, Boss was bred to uh, Gypsy, and they produced a female that we called Bear Pen Honey. Now, this by this time, my dad had begun uh, using the bear pen prefix uh, to his dog's names. And there's a little story about that. He and I seemed, <laughs> at first I thought that he had named his kennel uh, for Bear Pen Ridge, which is a, a ridge in the Smoky Mountains uh, National Park uh, that was uh, mentioned several times in a book, 20 Years Hunting Fishing in the Great Smoky Mountains, written by Samuel Honeycutt. But uh, Dad would later say that he got the name uh, from the idea that turning his pack of plot dogs loose on a bear was like putting it in a pen. And so uh, I think probably uh, he's the one that named it, so we'll go with his uh, his version there. But at any rate, uh, Bear Pen Honey... Uh, was later sold to Paul Hubbard in Michigan, a uh, prominent uh, plot man of that day. And then uh, he was a, a good friend of C.E. Bud Lyon of Athens, Georgia, and uh, Bud had Honey when she died. Uh, honey was bred to what uh, is now recognized as the foundation sire of the plot, uh, bear pen plot uh, line. And that was a dog called Bear Pen Sam. Um, my dad kept a, a a pup out of that cross called Bear Pen Crockett, and uh, uh, Crockett was a was a good looking gray brindle dog as well. Um, so we talk about Bear Pen Sam. Bear Pen Sam was born in 1960 uh, there at the farm uh, of Isaiah Kidd. And Mr. Kidd sent my dad a letter uh, saying that he had this uh, six-month-old pup and that he want, had kept him back as the pick of the litter, and he wanted my dad to have him. Uh, Sam was sired by Reverend Frank Snyder's uh, dog, Burnett's Tom. Uh, Burnett's Tom uh, was uh, out of Smithdale's John and Smithdale's Fly. Uh, these dogs owned by Hack Smithdale. Uh, people know the story of Hack and how he bought Little George Plot's pack when Little George uh, left for World War II and unfortunately was um, drowned when his ship was sunk uh, somewhere uh, in the process of the Battle of Normandy. 
but at any rate, uh, Burnett's Tom was the sire, and then uh, Mr. Kidd had bred an inbred female that he called Jeep, uh, spelled G-E-E-P, and uh, she was out of Kid's Rock, bred to a rock daughter named Kid's Goldie. And that's what produced Jeep. And, and Jeep was a good little hound, a little shy around the box, but uh, handled well in the woods and was a good hunter, good tree dog. So anyway, Bear Pen Sam was out of Burnett's Tom and Kid's Jeep. Now, I'll tell you a little bit later about how that figured in uh, with to the future of the Bear Pen Plots. Are you getting bored with this yet? <laughs> if you're not a plot man, you probably are. But uh, I, I've been putting off for quite some time um, doing this uh, account of the Bear Pen plot, so I hope you'll bear with me. Uh, Bear Pen Sam was originally registered as Hardwood Sam. Uh, that hardwood name it was what my dad used when he first started registering dogs with UKC. And uh, I already told you about the origins of the Bear Pen name. I was a freshman in high school when Mr. Kidd gave Sam to my dad. And um, uh, anyway, uh, he was an excellent track dog. That's what we remember the most about Bear Pen Sam. Uh, if a pack of dogs was struggling with the track, Sam was a dog that could take that track out of there, move it, uh, get it moving, get the track jumped, and uh, and ultimately uh, get the game tree. He did prefer bear to coon, and if you hunted him through a bear season, you'd almost have to start over uh, if you wanted to coon hunt that fall. Um, he, uh, I can remember road hunting him down the old CC trail on Camp Creek there in Mercer County, West Virginia, and have Sam throw that head in the air and drop down off the side and, and climb back the other side and strike a cold track, a coon track that he could trail up, get it running, and get it treed. He was just a tremendous uh, track dog. Uh, he had a unique tree in style. He would go down to the tree, smell as high as he could on the tree, then sit down and start backpedaling as he's barking. Uh, and uh, he sometimes would get quite a ways away from the base of the tree before he'd run back down, start the process all over again. But uh, I'll remember always uh, Bear Pen Sam, that beautiful howling ball mouth that he had and the way that he could really move a track. Um, uh, Reverend Frank Snyder of Augusta, uh, West Virginia, was a coon and bear hunter, he and his son Lane, and uh, they uh, wanted to breed a female to Bear Pen Sam since they had owned his sire, Burnett's Tom. So that did occur, and the result was a stud fee pup that my dad kept that he called Bear Pen Rip. And uh, Rip was born in 1970, and he was sired again by Bear Pen Sam and out of Snyder's Gypsy Brandy. Now, Brandy was a Texas-bred female, and uh, she carried back in thir the third, fourth, and fifth generation some of the uh, real recognizable old-time plots and some of the kennels of those, uh, that day. Uh, she had the, the breeding of Dwayne Hurd uh, of uh, 
uh, Kansas uh, area out there. Everybody knows Steve Hurd in the plot breed, Dwayne's son. Uh, also the breeding of the Washburn brothers of uh, New Mexico. Um, they were famous uh, bear hunters. Uh, their kennel name was Clear Current Plots at that time. They later had uh, other breeds. but uh, And, of course, Dale Brandenburger's Pioneer Drum was in Brindy's uh, third generation. So uh, that was the breeding on on uh, Snyder's Gypsy Brindy. And um, so Bear Pin Sam bred to Brindy, produced the dog we called Bear Pin Rip. And we'll be talking more about him uh, as we go along here in a few minutes. During the time that my dad had Sam, he also had another really good plot dog uh, that was named Bear Pen Hoss. Now, Hoss was a dark brindle dog. He was what I would call an old-line Brandenburger bred dog. Um, he was born in 1962. That was two years before I graduated high school. And he's really the dog that made a coon hunter out of me. I, I liked Hoss. I loved to hunt with him. And he was a dog that you could depend on in a night hunt to get struck uh, straight on coon. And, and, of course, he would run a bear. But in a coon hunting uh, environment, he was uh, not trashy. He had a good mouth. He could move a track. And he was a solid tree dog with a nice throaty uh heavy uh chop mouth on tree and he he passed that on to his pups uh but at any rate uh hoss was the dog i was hunting when i won my very first night hunt trophy and that was at the southeastern ohio championship in barlow ohio I placed sixth, and I've said before I probably rubbed all the pain off of that trophy by the time I got it back home to West Virginia. I was so proud of it. Uh, Hoss was a beautiful hound, and and he earned a cover shot on the International Plot Hound Hunter's Yearbook in 1973-1974. Uh, uh, he was uh, the old line, as I said, Brandenburger Brady. Breeding, he had uh, the Smithdale breeding behind him, and and uh, uh, Nichols breeding, um, and uh, of course Brandenburger's Cherokee Joe and Brandenburger Brandenburger's June were two of the dogs that were in his pedigree. Now I mentioned earlier that Fielder's June was first bred to a dog called Pettit's Timber Tim. Uh, Tim was owned by Harry Pettit in Athens, Ohio. I've told the story of uh, uh, Tim jumping off a cliff when uh, my dad shook a coon out before, but uh, Tim uh, was the sire of Bear Pen Hoss. And uh, Hoss really produced some nice-looking dogs, uh, and one of them was a dog named Bear Pen Coley. Uh, Coley was the dog that I hunted when I went in the Air Force in 1969 and went to San Angelo, Texas. And my dad shipped him out uh, by rail to me, and I hunted with those fellows all around San Angelo uh, with a plot dog named Coley. And Coley had a litter mate that we called 
Blue Joe that was a Maltese brindle dog. And I have pictures of my dad with uh, a really nice 300-plus uh, pound sow bear that uh, he killed over Coley and Joe on Back Creek in Monroe County, West Virginia, uh, many years ago. Of course, that was uh, in actually would have been in the early 70s. Again, these uh, two dogs, Coley and Joe, were out of Bear Pen Hoss and uh, Bear Pen Honey. Um, we had a dog called Bear Pen Rowdy that was sired by Hoss. Uh, that was a real nice dog, and he was a dog that I hunted when I came home from the military. And the first plot days that I attended in uh, July of 19, or actually August of 1973, in Florida, Illinois, uh, that happened to be the year that I met Fred Miller and would ultimately lead to my employment with UKC. Uh, but anyway, Rowdy was the dog I was hunting, beautiful uh, brown brindle, a dog, well-muscled up, houndy-looking dog, uh, good heavy mouth. And his dam was a female named Big Otter Rose, and she was uh, owned by J.C. Crookshank, who was uh, well-known uh, in plot circles at that time. And uh, uh, <clears throat> Rose was sired by a real popular stud dog, uh, back in those days, Dilt's Cold Creek Bouncer. He was a dual grand champion owned by Ron and Don Dilt's of Illinois. And uh, Rose's dam was an Everett Weems bred female named Weems Plot Kathy. Um, I did place Rowdy in at Plot Days the first year uh, that I entered him after coming home from the service. Uh, but my dad was beginning then at that time, the early 70s, to kind of expand his horizons a little bit in the bear hunting uh, uh, arena and wanted to get some of the blood of some of the more popular uh, or, let's say, famous uh, plot stud dogs at that time. So uh, the decision was made to sell Rowdy to Elmer Eisenbrown in uh, Pennsylvania, and Elmer kept him until he died. He was a very nice coon dog. and. Uh, but uh, the hoss-bred dog worked really well on bear as well as coon, but Dad was looking for more speed in the pack, and speed kind of became my dad's mantra or his his uh, philosophy over the uh, years to come in bear dogs. He liked them fast. He wanted dogs that ran to the front. He wanted a dog with a good nose but that would run to catch would have enough bite to put the bear up or hold it at bay. And these were just some of his goals. Uh, and again, my dad was pretty private when it came to his dogs. He didn't do advertising. Any ads that came out on bear pen dogs were my, uh, my doing, not my dad's for sure, because he wasn't in it for any uh, commercial uh, reason or actually for recognition. He just loved to hunt, and he loved to hunt with a good dog. Uh, so this now takes us uh, in the bear pen story to what I call the Weems introduction. Um, my dad and Everett Weems of Salem, Illinois, were the same age. They were contemporaries. I think they were both born in 1920. And... Uh, through conversations at plot days and so forth, my dad and Everett 
talked about their origins in, in the breed. And Everett talked about a dog called Weems Plot Dan. Now, Dan was out of a female named Green's Daisy May and a kid-bred male dog. Well, Bear Pen Sam, who, uh, as I've said, became the foundation sire of these Bear Pen dogs, was out of Burnett's Tom, who was a litter mate to Green's Daisy May. And, of course, Sam's mother was Kid's Jeep, a straight kid-bred dog. So Bear Pen Sam and Weems Plot Dan were very closely, uh, or, or they had uh, common dogs in their pedigrees. And so ever asked my dad if it would be possible to breed to, to Sam. And, of course, dad was more than willing to allow that uh, because he had an ulterior motive. He wanted a pup out of Sam and one of Everett's females, but he also wanted to get a dog out of Everett's butch dog, Weems Plot Butch. Uh, he had heard about Butch. He wanted to try some of these pretty much straight uh, Weems bred dogs. So Butch had been bred to a female named Jill. Now, Jill was out of Ursa's Rowdy. Ursa's Rowdy was a litter mate to Weems Plot John, who was the sire of Weems Plot Butch. So there we begin to see this line breeding, this family breeding coming into the picture. So on April 5th of 1973, a female puppy was born, or a litter was born, which was the first litter of the Weems, Butch, and Jill dogs. Plot hunters and fanciers have heard this of this cross for many, many years. It was made, I believe, six times, maybe more. Um, there were very many uh, outstanding dogs in the cross, I'm sure there were some that weren't so outstanding. But from from that first litter was a female that we named Bear Pen Fancy. We brought her home from Plot Days in August, and uh, she was a beautiful, dark, brindle female, would have a gray mouth as time went on. Uh, she became a show champion in UKC. She treated her first coon when she was seven months old. Uh, she went on to uh, the first year I hunted her in eastern Ohio in Belmont County, and she uh, helped to tree 80 coons that fall. Uh, just a really nice dog. And um, my dad uh, put her on bear, and that's where she really shined. Uh, she became an excellent bear dog. She ran to the front. Uh, she... Uh, uh, could could outrun uh, most any pack of dogs. In fact, one of the hunters one time told my dad, he said, I really like Fancy, but her fault is she won't pack back to the other dogs. <laughs> but anyway, um, she did get injured several times. She got bit through the muzzle on both sides one time. One time she got bit clear through the brisket. Another time she was hit apparently uh, very hard in the uh, abdomen area and suffered a rupture. 
And when she was uh, recovered off that bear, uh, her intestines were hanging in a pouch, uh, a rupture, a hernia there. It looked like a basketball hanging down. Uh, she was gritty as she could be, uh, had a, a unique mouth, a very hard tree dog, a beautiful female. And we're proud that she was inducted into the MPHA Hall of Fame in 1987 as a deceased big game dog. Okay, so now we've got this Weems bred dog in the picture here. And we've got Bear Pin Sam, we've got Rip, a son of Sam. My dad made the decision because Rip and Fancy were very much alike in their speed, their nose, their drive, uh, their treeing, and all these things. Although Rip was a beautiful kind of a, a brown or golden brown brindle dog, and Fancy was a what we call a dark brindle dog. But anyway, the decision was made to breed <coughs> Fancy to Rip, and uh, the. That was done at the end of February in 1977. Now, from that cross, we got two females that we kept out of the litter. Both were uh, black back with brindle trim. One of them had a lot more black than brindle, and we named her uh, Bear Pin Plot Blackie. The other one was uh, Bear Pin Plot Dixie. Uh, Dixie and Blackie both started very early. They were real ambitious. I had to break both of them off deer. Uh, they were looking for something to run when you cut them loose. Uh, I did get them broke fairly easily. Um, Dixie was making an outstanding bear dog when she injured the carpal joint on one of her front legs uh, to the point that when she'd run for 30 minutes or so, it would swell up like a baseball or a, or, or a softball, and uh, she would have to carry it. And so my dad made the tough decision to sell Dixie, and Wayne Griggs, who was secretary of the Plot Association at that time or, or maybe uh, slightly before, um, actually I believe at about that time, uh, purchased her and hunted her on coon for several years there in Indiana. And uh, Dixie, unfortunately, was killed by a train while she was running a coon. Well, Blackie was the female that we kept. And I would have to say, looking back over the years, that Blackie was my all-time favorite plot female coonhound. Um, Fancy was good. I liked Fancy Dixie was good on Coon. I liked her too. I just there was just something about Blackie, and I think it was her drive and determination, her speed on track that made her my favorite. Um, but anyway, um, my dad also had uh, had gone back to that Butch and Jill well uh, when the third litter of those dogs was born. If on February 25th of 1976, he purchased another Butch Jill dog from Everett Williams that we call Bear Pen Little Butch. Now, Little Butch was uh, a typically Weems bred looking dog. He had that flat crown uh, uh, to his head, uh, his ears kind of uh, rolled off the top of his head, uh, medium ear. He had a, a heavy 
um, flagged tail, much like uh, a foxhound, actually. And we saw that in the Weems and in the uh, Cascade dogs of that day. But anyway, Butch had a cold nose. He was fast on track. He was a drifting track dog, had a beautiful ball mouth, and he was extremely aggressive on game. In fact, um, I often thought that Butch would probably get killed by a bear because he he really mixed it up with the bear. Uh, I remember one time uh, Bronco, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, cold trailed a bear into a hollow tree. And um, as we got there and uh, pulled the dogs back, uh, uh, Sal Bear uh we didn't know at the time it was a sow, but anyway, a sow bear came out of the tree, back down, bailed off over the mountain. Uh, the dogs were released just for a second chase, and uh, soon after uh, the dogs were gone out of sight, two cubs of about 40 pounds came out of the tree. So we had bear, dog, and then bear <laughs> going down the mountain. Anyway, the pack did catch up with the sow, treat her about four or five times. And on uh, a couple of those occasions, uh, Little Butch, we called him, was up on the bear's back, grabbing her by the scruff of the neck. So he's also a dog that I took uh, what's now become a, a famous picture of uh, Little Butch and Bronco fighting a bear in an icy stream in December in West Virginia. And you can see these two plot dogs grabbing the bear by the back of the neck and standing it up and actually uh, jerking it over backwards. And uh, but anyway, Butch, uh, unfortunately, at five years old, died of a heart attack. I was feeding Butch, and uh, he uh, took a couple of bites out of his food and, and dropped dead right on his feet. Um, he didn't choke. There was nothing in his uh, air passage, uh, but a very... Um, a big loss for us because uh, he really was a nice dog. Well, that moves us into what uh, I'll call now the cascade introduction into the bear pen plots. Are you bored yet? <laughs> I hope you're hanging in there with me. Um, when I was in Japan, in, uh, I actually I came home in July of 1973, but while I was there, I had read the stories of the big brown bears on the northern island of Hokkaido, Japan. And there would be newspaper stories of how these bears would come down out of the mountains in the wintertime. And because of lack of feed and the cold and the ice, they would come down into the villages. And they were known to be man-eaters, man-killers. Several people had been killed by these big uh brown bear. I imagine they were akin to the uh, Kodiak bear or the, the bear on Kamchatka Peninsula. Um, but uh any rate, I knew a hunter, and, and uh, many people did, named D. DeMoss of Olympia, Washington. And D.'s wife was Japanese, and he had been over to Japan and hunted these big brown bears. I contacted him because I wanted to get the opportunity to go kill one of those big bears. And uh, 
I talked to D, and he told me that unfortunately, uh, the ministry, uh, the out uh, the wildlife ministry in Japan, had um, stopped the uh, practice of allowing foreign nationals to hunt those bears. So I was uh, not able to get a license to do so. But in the process of our conversations, I talked to him about the possibility of getting a cascade-bred pup to hunt when I got out of uh, service. And he told me that I should contact Oliver Smith III, an attorney in Knoxville, Tennessee, and get a pup from him since Tennessee was a whole lot closer to my home state of West Virginia. I made arrangements with Oliver to get a puppy sired by the dog that Oliver had bought from D. DeMoss named Cascade Big Timber. Uh, Timber sold uh, for what was then a record price for a plot dog, uh, $5,000 was the the price that was going around. And... uh, Anyway, Oliver said, well, he had a pup that was out of timber or a litter coming out of timber and a female named Smithvale's Brenda. She was a cascade bred dog as well. Now, in these cascade dogs, uh, you would find a dog called Cascade Candy, and Candy was a litter mate to Weems Plot John. So there was a connection there to the Weems dogs as well. Anyway, I made arrangements to purchase the puppy, and my parents had picked this pup up, which I named Stoney, uh, from Oliver prior to my coming home. Uh, Stoney uh, and Bear Pin Fancy were about the same age, and as we began to hunt these pups, uh, we could readily see that Fancy was improving with every trip to the woods. She was just a natural and looked to be uh, a real standout. Stoney, on the other hand, was kind of hit and miss. It seemed like his heart was in it some days, and other days uh, it wasn't. And so, to make a long story short, uh, Stoney uh, uh, did not make it, uh, did not make the bear pen pack, and... um, Oliver Smith uh, took him up to Wisconsin bear hunting and agreed with uh, our assessment of Stoney that he just didn't have what it takes. And that happens in dogs. That's no indictment against uh, Oliver, against his dogs, uh, anything else. It's just what happens at times. But at any rate, um, there was um, about a year rocked on there, I think. And uh, one day I got a phone call. And it was from Oliver Smith's secretary, his law office there in Knoxville, Tennessee, saying that my puppy was going to be shipped the next day. Well, that was confusing to me because I had not ordered a pup, nor did I expect a pup. Um, You know, my agreement with Oliver was that he could take Stoney back and and have the dog uh, with, you know, uh, no strings attached. But she says, oh, no, this is your dog. Uh, My instructions are to ship it to you. I just want to make sure I've got the address and information right. So, again, to cut to the chase, uh, that puppy arrived, and he was a beautiful kind of a golden brindle puppy. 
very bold. I remember him getting out of the airline crate and setting him down in the middle of that, that bear pin pack and that large pin that my dad had. And he just kind of went around and met everybody and, and then sat down in the middle of the pen and said, well, I'm here. I'm going to be here. You guys might as well get used to it. And that was uh, pretty much the story. Uh, the pup, I named him Bear Pen Plots Bronco. He uh, was out of a well-known bear hunter and became a, a, a dear friend and is sadly missed Mr. Barry Tarleton of Greenville, Tennessee. Had a female named Tarleton's Roberta. Roberta was sired by White Hollow Jr. White Hollow Jr. was sired by Weems uh, Plot John. We've mentioned him before. He was the sire of Weems Butch, uh, Hog Swampland Joe, Pleasant Valley Bale, other dogs there. But anyway, uh, Roberta was Bronco's uh, dam, and she was a top-flight bear dog in her own right, uh, Mr. Tarleton uh, kept a dog out of that uh, Bronco's litter as well uh, that he called John, I believe, that had uh, gained a reputation as a bear dog. Uh, Roberta had some interesting litter mates. Uh, one was a dog called Houston's Junior, owned by Bobby Joe Houston in Florida. Uh, one called Creaseman's Killer, owned by Ronnie Creaseman. Um, there was, uh, one, uh, named, um, let me get this right now, uh, Freeman's Rocky, uh, that was a, a very popular bear dog and, uh, I think was hunted by the Brown brothers there in, in Telco Plains, Tennessee. And, uh, Shelby Ballard, who was a prominent figure in the National Plot Hound Association in those days, had a Grand Knight champion female uh, that was a sister to Roberta named uh, Ballard's Carolina Julie, uh, Judy. Excuse me. <clears throat> so anyway, Roberta was Bronco's mother. Um, Bronco was pretty much run on bear until he was three years of age. And by happenstance, I... Uh, because my blackie female was in heat, I took him to an RQE in Ohio, and he performed uh, really well, and that's what kind of uh, piqued my interest in hunting him more on coon, which I did. He continued to be hunted on bear. He was pretty much a running mate to uh, Weems' uh, little butch, and uh and hunted and and hunted with bear pen fancy. So, with bear pen fancy, Bronco and Little Butch, my dad had a and I had a pretty tight uh, group of bear dogs right there. And there were some others uh, that I won't name, just uh, because we need to get along with this. But at any rate, <clears throat> uh, Bronco was an excellent coon dog. Uh, he was uh, a cold trailer. He could cold trail a bad track in February on frozen ground and come up with the coon on the outside. Uh, he was fast on bear. He was a good cold trailer on bear. I mentioned him cold trailing that sow bear into a hollow tree. Um, uh, but at any rate, uh, Bronco won the all plot hunt at MPHA 
uh, plot days in Langsburg, Michigan in 1986, and ultimately he was inducted into the uh, MPHA Hall of Fame in 1993. Now, we did breed Bronco uh, to several females, different females. People would bring in females to breed to him, but Bear Pen Fancy was bred to Bronco. And we got an outstanding female out of that cross that we called uh, Bear Pen uh, Fancy 2, or we commonly called her Little Fancy. Uh, she was just a really top-flight little dog. Uh, she was used on coon primarily, also used to cold trail bear. Uh, I know at the Michigan State Championship one year there, uh, Todd Kellum, who is now vice president at UKC, handled fancy, and I think he scored over 900 points in the cast that night. Uh, fancy died cold trailing a bear Basically, what happened was she was put on this track that they were having trouble starting, and Fancy took it, and it went into a rough area there in southwest Virginia. My brother was hunting her. A uh, snowstorm came in, uh, basically shut down that area, uh, although he had a signal from her beep-beep uh, collar, uh, telemetry collar. Uh, he knew that she wasn't moving. When the weather permitted, he was able to get in there and found that she had sought shelter under a huge uh, rock outcropping and had died. Uh, it was a loss to us. Fancy was not a young dog at that time, I think about nine years old, but she was a really good one, and she was out of Bronco and Bear Pen Fancy. Now, Bronco was bred to Fancy's daughter, Bear Pen Blackie, and uh, that was really a smart move on our part because in that litter came a female that we called Bronco's Fancy, Julie. Uh, Julie w became a really good bear dog and was my dad's actually last bear dog uh, of any uh, consequence uh, as he got, um, as we all will someday, uh, too old to follow the dogs in the, house, in the woods. But fortunately, he was hunting with an extremely uh, knowledgeable and, and capable hunter, John Harris, uh, there in West Virginia when he had Julie. And Julie was hunted with John's great bear dog, Santana, and uh, lots of bears were were. Uh, treed. Now, uh, Julie was an excellent rig dog. She would rig off the box, uh, and uh, she would go to the bear track, and you could depend on her, and uh, just the top dog all the way around, and she was inducted into the MPHA Hall of Fame in 2006. Now, I want to make a little point here for those of you. These questions have come up over time about whether or not you can use the same dog for big game or for coon. Now, I've talked about several dogs here today already, and all of those these dogs that I've mentioned to you were hunted both ways. They were hunted on coon. They were hunted on bear. Some of them were hunted in competition. Some were not. But we found down through the years that it made absolutely no difference 
in hunting the dogs on coon and on bear too. Now, I realize some of the guys in the northern part of the country do break their dogs off coon, but coon were not so thick in the mountains where we hunted that that became a problem for us. Now, Julie, for instance, being an outstanding bear dog and recognized as a bear dog by the MPHA, she also was a really nice coon dog. I can remember one time when she was about two years old cutting her loose just as a thunderstorm rolled in. And I heard her run a track and come treed in a fence row about, oh, I'm going to say, an eighth of a mile or so from the truck. I beat it back to the truck because it was uh, beginning to rain rather hard, and I could hear Julie treeing. I sat in the truck for a good period of time, I'm going to say maybe 30 minutes, and when I got the rain slackened and I got out, Julie was still treed under that raccoon. She'd treed through all that lightning and pouring rain. So at any rate, I just tell that little story to to make the point that you can hunt the dogs both ways. And I wonder in the plot breed today if we're losing some of the locating tree dog aspects of the plot breed. When I grew up, when I was a young man and my dad was uh, getting involved in plots and down through the years, the plot dog was a tree dog first and foremost. Uh, I just wonder if that's true today. I'm not uh, saying it isn't, but I'd be interested to hear from some plot hunters and breeders out there to let uh, tell me whether or not they think that their plot big game dogs still possess the ability to locate on scent and stay treed. Anyway, um, Bear Pin Plot Blackie uh, was uh, then bred to what I think was probably overall the best cross. And that was when I took her down to Salem, Illinois, and bred her to her uncle, uh, Night Champion Weems Plot Puny. Puny uh, being out of Butch and Jill, and Blackie's mother, Fancy, being out of Butch and Jill made it an uncle-niece cross. And from that litter of puppies, and they all made pretty good dogs. In fact, we got reports from around the country of people that hunted those dogs. But one of the puppies went to Texas with a good friend and, and hunter named Charlie Hill of Hempstead, Texas. Now, Charlie has since passed on. He was a fellow that I enjoyed so much seeing at the Texas State Championship and at plot days. But anyway, Charlie got this puppy, and we begin to hear news coming back out of Texas by some uh, well-known plot hunters that would hunt with uh, with Charlie, guys like Tom Telford. Um, plot people know Tom very well. And uh, uh, Harold Pace, who unfortunately has passed away within the last year or so, uh, about the exploits of this young plot dog that Charlie named Hill's Plot Solomon. And Solomon's uh, calling card was his speed. And, of course, that was the thing that, that turned my dad on the most about a plot dog. So anyway, I had a little plot female that was out of Bronco's Fancy Julie. We spoke about Julie being out of Bronco and Blackie. And 
McClendon's Milton. Now, Milton was a son of John Harris's Santana dog. Uh, Santana was also a bobcat dog, and John hunted him in the wintertime on bobcats in West Virginia. And due to frostbite, bite, he became sterile. And, uh, of course, my dad uh, wanted to breed uh, Julie to Santana, but because of that, he bred to a son of Santana named Milton. And Milton was a top bear dog in his own right. And so from that litter, uh, we kept a, a nice light brindle-colored female that I named Bear Pen Santina Grande, which, of course, the Santina a spin off of Santana, and I, we simply called her Tina. And uh, we, uh, so I took Tina down to Texas. Uh, the uh, UKC American Heritage Hunt was taking place at that time. And um, so when Charlie Hill came over to the grounds to pick up Tina uh, and take her back to be bred, he brought a pup out of Solomon along, about three months old, out of uh, Solomon and a female that went back to Harold Pace's breeding. And uh, anyway, I got to thinking about that, and I said, you know, I may not get pups out of Solomon and Tina, and uh, I think I better try to buy this pup out of Solomon. And so I talked to Charlie, and he did sell me the pup. And my good friend Harold Kirkus, who worked with Purina all those years from Oklahoma, and Harold's now passed away too. And it, it just pains me a lot to talk about these great guys that I knew so well that have now passed on. But anyway, uh, Harold agreed to take uh, this pup that I named Wrangler uh, back to uh, Oklahoma the following week or so, uh, bring him up to Iowa to Walker Days, where I picked him up and took him back to West Michigan. Uh, so then now I have two dogs out of Solomon because Tina did, in fact, have puppies. My brother, Randy, raised the litter in Virginia for me, and we kept a dark brindle male out of that litter that I named Rio Grande Roper. So Roper and Wrangler were half-brothers, six months in age, separated them with Wrangler being the older. And uh, they were really the two last bear pen dogs that I had of any consequence that, I mean, when I had those two dogs, I knew that I had an outstanding pair of plot dogs. Uh, without getting into a lot of uh, the details, People will remember when I had Roper, I, I bred him to virtually all the top plot females uh, that one year. Uh, Capital City Sam's Go Annie was one of them. Um, I, Ronnie Barber's Wendy Female was one of them. Um, I know Christina Farley, uh, Christina Officer, uh, brought a nice female bred to it. Vernon Walker uh, bred... Uh, uh, a nice fee. Uh, well, actually, that was bred to Bronco. I, I'll back up on that. But at any rate, Roper did produce some really nice dogs. He started early. At about seven months old, he was tree and coon on his own. Uh, I hunted him 
uh, virtually all over. Hunted him at Plot Days, placed him there. My good friend Heath Hyatt hunted him quite a bit for me, won an RQE of 50-some dogs in Virginia with him. And also, we, we just really enjoyed Roper. And then Wrangler uh, would go on to win the Isaiah Kidd Award Opposite Sex in 1997 when Heath Hyatt and Brandy won the overall. And uh, so, uh, but Roper and Wrangler both were good reproducers. And that was one thing that I thought, you know, over all these years of these dogs that I've mentioned here down through this line to see them still producing good dogs. Roper produced a dog called Barth's Treeing Trigger that was owned by Chad Barth up in Minong, Wisconsin. And Trigger himself produced some good dogs. In fact, uh, we, um, but Trigger was the result of breeding Roper to his half-sister, Mike Cawley's Bayou Cajun Blackie. Blackie was a litter mate to Wrangler, a half-sister to Roper. And uh, so that was an outstanding bear dog there that came out of Roper. And then uh, Evan Workman's drum dog, uh, Evan and his friend Scotty Swiger are still hunting dogs out of drum or grand pups out of drum. And, and drum was out of Roper and Capital City Sam's Go Annie. Uh, and on Wrangler's side of things, he produced a dog called Barth's Solid Rock that was really a tremendous bear dog. Many people that hunted with Rock said that he was the best they ever saw. He was particularly good at cold trailing bears. He was owned by Chad Barth up in Minong, Wisconsin. And, you know, uh, Ben Jones there in Greenville, Tennessee, who's a great-grandson of Barry Tarleton that I mentioned. He's the son of Tracy Jones, who is Barry's grandson. Uh, they had an outstanding dog named Doc that was out of Trigger, uh, which were, made him a grandson of Roper. Um, and uh, Carl Chotel up in Wisconsin, um, who is president of the Wisconsin Bear Hunters, uh, was, I'm not sure if he still is, but he had uh, some of this breeding with uh, Roper and Wrangler in the pedigree. So I'm just kind of proud that those dogs did produce. And, you know, so from from Bear Pen Rip and Fancy, of course, Rip being out of Bear Pen Sam, the first one, and then uh, there came Bear Pen Plot Blackie, you know. And then Blackie uh, was bred to Bronco, and that produced Bronco's Fancy Julie. And then from Blackie and Puny came Hill's Plot Solomon. And, of course, Tina uh, produced, um, uh, you know, uh, Julie uh, produced Tina, and Tina produced Roper. So, you know, it's all in the family line that came down. It's basically started, uh, really started in 1954, but the continuous line started in 1960 with Bearpen Sam. I wanted to mention real quickly another cross that was a good one was when uh, Bear Pen Fancy was bred to Gene White's little junior dog. And that produced a couple of dogs we called Boss and Brandy. And Brandy, out of that cross, uh, was later bred to 
the Brown, uh, James Brown's thumper dog, who was a, a son of Weems Plot Bandit, and Bandit was another butch jill dog. So you see the line, the line breeding, the family breeding of these dogs. And that cross produced, a thumper to Brandy, produced some really nice bear dogs, uh, some of them in the Hall of Fame, including Bob Giese's Gabby. The Brown boys had Eagle and Yeller, and uh, so it, that was a real good cross. And then, um, so, you know, there's just so much to say about these dogs, but I don't want to brag about them. I just want to state the facts that they were good, solid dogs uh, that you could take to the woods and catch game. And it brought an awful lot of pleasure to my dad and me. Another little dog that we had out of that breeding was a dog we called Pee-wee. His name was Bearpin Tophand, and he was sired by a son of Bronco and Fancy uh, named Bronco Billy. Bronco Billy was killed while bear hunting. Uh, Billy was bred to Gary Vance's sissy female, and she was out of Weems Butch. And uh, that, uh, uh, anyway, uh, Brandy, um, out of the White Hollow Little Junior and Bear Pin Fancy Cross, was bred to uh, Bronco and produced a real nice dog that we call Bronco's Pride. And Mr. Paul May of Shenandoah, Virginia, another dear friend that has gone on, uh, bought a Lefty from my dad, and he became an outstanding bear dog. Uh, perhaps the last of the bear dogs that uh, I was associated closely with was the dog that I bought from Everett Weems. I named her Bear Pen Song of the South. She was out of Weems Stormy and Hannah. I bought her when she was eight months old out of the pen there in Salem, Illinois. Took her back to Michigan, started her on coon, sent her down to Virginia. My dad put her on bear, and the first one she ever smelled, she ran it for five hours. She was hunted three seasons in Arizona by my friend Tom David of Summit Outfitters. Uh, she helped to tree 40-some bears for Tom and uh, Tom nominated her for the MPHA Hall of Fame, and she was inducted in the year 2007. So Singer made the fourth of the bear pin line that uh, were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, moving on, and due to my work in the registries and my dad's age, uh, and I may have mentioned that he passed in October of 2008, the bear pen plot as a strain have no longer been bred by the field or family. But from 1954 to 2008, my dad had nothing but a plot in the pen, and that was a span of 54 years. His dogs were all UKC registered. He believed in UKC registration. In fact, he was a little insulted years ago when the AKC contacted him and wanted him to submit his pedigrees so that they could build their stud files on the plot. He never did any crossbreeding. Uh, he always bred them uh, exactly the way the papers said they were bred. And he never raised puppies for profit, although he did sell 
an occasional pup out of a litter if he had some to spare. Uh, he liked a houndy-looking plot. He always said that to me. He wanted speed in his dogs. That's why often he would frustrate me as a kid by holding his dogs back until the other dogs were gone out of hearing and then turning his loose so to see how quickly they would pack to the front and who would be leading the race uh, the next time they crossed. Um, my dad was inducted into the West Virginia Bear Hunters Hall of Fame uh, something he was very proud of, and I was too. He had served as the president of the West Virginia Bear Hunters and did a lot of fighting for the hound hunters of West Virginia, uh, especially in the area of discouraging uh, the uh, clear-cutting of our national forests there. Uh, he was inducted into the MPHA Hall of Fame in May of 2019. And I have here in front of me the certificate that I received. Uh, unfortunately, my dad never did get to see this. But I want to read this in closing, and I want to thank you for being patient with me today as I tell the story of my, my family and our plot dogs. I hope that there is a – I know that there's a story uh, out there that you could tell and perhaps I can get you on the podcast and we can share it with the audience. But this certificate says, National Plot Hound Association Hall of Fame. This certificate is proudly presented to a steadfast and loyal member for his exemplary leadership and contribution to MPHA legend Holman Fielder. And I most like this scripture verse that's included on this citation. It says from Romans 13, 7, Render therefore to all their due, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I knew my dad very well, naturally. I can say with confidence that my dad never lied to me. He was a tremendous hunting buddy, and he passed the legacy of the bear pen plots down to me. I just wish that I could have kept it going as long as he did. He was 88 when he died. But at any rate, that's the story of the bear pen plots. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope I haven't bored you too much. I hope to see many of you at the Grand American uh, the weekend following uh, this podcast airing. And... Uh, I'll just close this out as I always do. If someone asks you, where's Steve Fielder? Tell them, he's gone to the dogs. Thank you.